are backstage with the Soundcheck, and I'm your host, Haley Pearl, the world's rock and roll girl. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Backstage with the Soundcheck. As always, I'm your host, Haley Pearl, and I'm here to bring you some awesome bands with some new music updates. Speaking with me today, I have an Ohio-based alt-punk band who just dropped their debut project, Quarter Life Crisis, and they're working on some new music with a fall-time release date. Hey, what's up? I'm Jimmy. And I'm Austin from Unrivaled, and we're speaking with the Soundcheck. in the middle of a pandemic and I know that you guys are patching in from two different locations so to just start us off here how are you guys doing how are you guys faring during this crazy time yeah I'm doing fine I mean we like us like you said we basically recorded an album this, during this entire pandemic situation and right. we've been holding up pretty well like I mean uh albums out finally which I'm stoked about but the process was kind of a pain in the ass honestly just yeah. how many like schedule changes we had to make because of it yeah right I can see that Mm-hmm. Yeah, luckily, I was able to get all the drum stuff recorded for the album before mm-hmm. we went into lockdown. So that was good for me because I feel like when everything just started happening, people were like super nervous still about going mm-hmm. out at all. So right. I really didn't want to go back in the studio if I didn't have to. So it was good that I got everything done. But yeah, in general, I think um, having the album to work on during the pandemic was like really helpful because it was something on the side that we could focus on to like distract us from everything else that was going on. Right. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that was a cool thing about the uh, you recording drums actually, which actually annoyed me because uh, you got the drums finished and then Paul got the bass finished, and then we're just about to go get guitars done, and then all of a sudden the pandemic hits and I got to <laughs> wait a whole month to track dr- uh, guitars, so <laughs> yes. that drove me nuts. But we kind of lucked out because just me and our producer Dylan for like three or four months straight, just going back and forth with vocals and guitars and all that. Right. Interesting. Well, working on it, I can see that it could be you know both a benefit and not a benefit to being kind of crazy with schedule changes and then being able to also work on music is something that's really beneficial to this time right now um you guys released quarter life crisis on january 29th how was it releasing it did you guys notice any you know issues being it released you know during this time yeah well i think jimmy and i both wished that we could have played like a release show Right. When the album came out, because especially with a local band, that's really kind of important when you're launching an album, especially on the local side of things, because that's where you're going to start building your like initial following. So we wish we could have done that. But from a reception point of view, um, I don't think the pandemic really impacted us that much. Jimmy, what do you think? No, not at all, actually. I mean, like like Austin, to follow up on what Austin said, yeah, we would have loved to do a concert to go with the album. But of course, we can't do that. Live shows are still kind of shut down in Ohio but I mean what we what we did release that was beneficial to us because like we got music out there and it's been right. well received from you know a fan perspective which warms my heart because I love love to see it because we worked right. like an entire year on this to see everybody else enjoy the music with us is really amazing for us but um hopefully shows will come back soon DeWine just issued a major uh, order in Ohio so fingers crossed <laughs> right <laughs> 
Right. I know that vaccines are getting pushed out a lot faster now. So hopefully with vaccines being rolled out, we'll see shows becoming safe again. I don't expect you guys to know this yet, but are you guys having your eyes out on any shows that you're looking to get into or play in the future? Like, are you scouting any bands to hopefully <laughs> play with? Um, We actually had a, a show lined up before the pandemic hit. It was uh, my old band, Solar Flare. They actually released the album at the beginning of the pandemic, which sounds oh, like okay. hell to me. Because they had this their, their, uh, album release show set for April. And um, they kind of got screwed off that because like, they couldn't do the show. And they wanted us to be part of the local support for that. So I've been keeping in touch with Ethan, the singer. And he still wants to do the show. So that's like one in the books if we ever get shows back. So right. that's just one uh, right there. That's mm-hmm. exciting. <laughs> you know, what would you guys say are some of your favorite tracks of this, you know, quarter-life crisis? So I think my favorite track is probably Doppelganger. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's one of the songs that we wrote late so i'm, I'm sure you're going to get into like background and how we met and things like that yeah. when i came into the project jimmy had a lot of songs that were already written and he'd done like recordings with a different producer already mm-hmm. um but doppelganger was something that we wrote after i joined so it was something that i could influence from the very beginning in terms of like the structure and the drums and the things like that so it has a little bit more of i guess my personality in it especially towards the second half of the song when it cuts to like the more dancey kind of <laughs> um, drum beat. Right. So yeah, I'm a huge fan of that song. Yeah, it's a good song. Yeah, hey. Doppelganger. Uh, I actually like Doppelganger too, but uh, just because like, like you said, yeah, that, that's like the first song we wrote actually together because like, that was like our first kind of creation. But I think my personal favorite would probably still be Still Alive because that was the first song I wrote for Unrivaled. And it was a very personal song for me. So that's probably like my number one, followed closely by Ivory Lapsed, which is a song I actually didn't like at first. But now, since we got all recorded, everything came together. It's like one of my favorite songs now. Really? Mm-hmm. Why didn't you like it at first? It was written differently. And yeah. um, structurally, I just couldn't stand it. I thought, A, the lyrics were lame, and like the structure was just kind of like not there yet. So like it took like three or four different writing processes to actually get it fixed. Mm-hmm. And even going into the studio, I was like still hesitant about it. But, you know, we did a few little tweaks, and, and that's where our producer, Dylan, really helped out. Was like he, he helped us get this vision off the ground, essentially. And he had a cool little, like, just a little, like, flair to it with the okay. vocals or, like, the guitar intro, which is kind of, like, faded. Which just literally set the song over the top, which is really why I like the most about it. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Well, since Austin brought up the whole backstory bit about the band, talk to me about this. How did you guys all meet originally? <laughs> like, what makes Unrivaled Unrivaled? <laughs> Craigslist. Uh, yeah, Craigslist, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah? Yeah, so Unrivaled is basically Jimmy's brainchild and Jimmy's vision that he'd been working on for quite a long time before we met. Like I said... Um, when I met him via Craigslist, which I'll get into in a minute, he'd already had three or four tracks already written and recorded and just using like programmed drums via a different producer, he had them basically laid out. Um, so I was laying in bed at like 2.30 in the morning um, one day. I was like 22, I guess, at the time. And I was like, I hate my job. I hate working in general. I don't want to do it anymore. I need to figure (laughs) out something that could potentially explode and become something, you know, it is. So that kind of created um, the the desire to go seek something else out. 
So I was scrolling through Craigslist and I saw Jimmy's posting and he's like, looking for somebody. My influences are my chemical romance and all these other rock bands that I was also into. And I'm like, all right, give it a shot. So that's kind of how I got incorporated into this project. Nice. Yeah. Like Austin said, uh, I, before Austin, I had, I went with a different producer. I actually had the intention of writing like the entire album. Um, and just like getting it out there just so people could see it. And like, so people would be more, uh, susceptible to joining the band essentially. Right. And um, so it was really helpful that we actually had these tracks together for Austin. So you can easily come along, easily figure uh, stuff out. But um, yeah, I basically created Unrivaled after Since the Motion fell apart, my old, old band. And I wanted to do something more of my writing style because everything I was in before was like heavy metalcore or like right. traditional heavy metal, like just heavier stuff. And I wanted more like upbeat, fun kind of stuff. Not necessarily just a punk band, but like, Closer to rock almost, which is like more melody based. Right. And I want, but I still wanted the guitar influence there with uh, twin guitars and all that. Mm-hmm. So that was like the sound idea I had. And when I found Austin, it was like instant chemistry right there. Cause he had a, like the instant flair that I needed. He, he was a, like the second piece I really needed. And it really helped out the, for the growth of the band. Awesome. I love that. I love that story. Um, you know, for those who haven't heard your music yet, what can they expect to hear in the sound and lyrically? Uh, a lot of energy, I would say. We're a very upbeat band. We don't do too many slow songs. We have like maybe two, I think. Um, but yeah, just a lot of, I, like I said, I love fast-paced music. Mm-hmm. I grew up on that, and I've always liked when like just moving the concert. So I wanted the right music I wanted to listen to, essentially, and what I would want to see on a band perform, essentially. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one thing that I like in music in general is an impact. So regardless of what genre, be it like alt punk or like dubstep or pop music or anything like that, <laughs> rap music, I like music to have like an impact. That's what really gets me going. So I try to incorporate that into our stuff as well. Right. I mean, I think that that's important. You know, music is supposed to be not only cathartic for the musicians themselves, but also their listeners. It's supposed to invoke mm-hmm. It's supposed to invoke that, you know, emotion and feeling. So doing that in your own music, think that it's spot on, you know? Yeah, nicely said. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I've always said to myself, I write music that you wanted to enjoy, essentially. Right. Like, your biggest fan should be really yourself. Because, like, that's who you're really writing for, in my opinion. Yeah. And you I, hope I... that people basically have to share that same vision and, yeah. like, also feel the same way that you do. Right. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more with you. You know, something even more exciting for you guys is that you guys are working on new music right now with, I think, a fall release date. So what are you guys getting excited to release with this new music? Ooh. Um, what are we most excited about? I think just like the different kind of sound we have, honestly. Like we still have that, you know, punk sound rooted with what we have, but we're more expanding more with chord progressions, mm-hmm. uh, tempo, uh, just general like basically developing a sound and like this isn't part of like the songs that i wrote like before and rival these are new songs that me and austin both worked on so it has both little touches in there it has different like influences that'll really help transcend these some of these songs and we're very excited about it yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i'm excited to hear it you know talk to me about your songwriting process for a little bit do you guys find that you have any disagreeances or is it relatively easy for you guys Yeah, so the process is basically um, all Jimmy does besides work is music stuff. 
Yeah. So, Jimmy gets home from work and he either like promotes the album or writes music or whatever. Usually right. he goes to live shows also, but obviously we can't do that right now. So uh, a new song typically starts with Jimmy coming and saying like, I've got an idea for a song. And he plays the riffs and lays out the structure and I just kind of jam to it. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of keep doing that over and over again until I settle into a drum um, like beat and drum progression that I like and that we both like. And sometimes the song structure just doesn't work in the original way that it's written, which happens often. Like mm-hmm. it's not, it's not often that you're going to be able to like make a perfect song straight from the beginning. So right. yet we do, there are things that we disagree on a lot, which is like, <laughs> obviously that's going to happen yeah. because like we're two different people, but I mean, Jimmy and I both respect each other and we're respectful about it. So it's like, man, I really don't feel it this way, but I'm going to trust you and I'm going to kind of try to work it work through it and maybe update the drums a little bit to make it work and so we just kind of have to trust each other and the songwriting process um is very smooth i would say and we have very effective practice sessions especially after we've been playing for such a long time right yeah definitely um yeah basically what austin said was like i basically would come in with a song and all that but what austin does that's very beneficial is basically get me out of my own head he basically checks me on some song structures that quite don't make sense like Mm -hmm maybe a riff goes on for too long or maybe there's just an entire section that just doesn't work there right and he's a very does a very good job like making sure like hey we need to sound like a song not so much like a talent piece almost yeah like we gotta let the music basically speak for itself so that's what austin really does well is like he'll incorporate drums that really fit but also check me on what i do like songwriting wise which is very he's very beneficial to the band why he's like the second piece i need Oh, that's kind of fair. <laughs> um, I, I love that it's, you know, relatively smooth for you guys. I, I do recognize that disagreements would, would come about. I'm glad that they don't seem to, like, wreck you guys if, if they do arise. I've spoken to a couple of bands, you know, in the past, and I've heard that with some disagreements, it's, like, kind of brought out, like, a huge fight and a separation mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm glad that y'all aren't facing that to mm-hmm. that extent. So that's good. What is the craziest thing you've done in the name of music besides being a band? I'm currently banned on Tinder for promoting the band. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when we released the album, um, I got on Tinder. I just, like, started spam messaging a bunch of people I matched with. Yeah. With, like, links to the songs and all that. And I, I currently don't have an account anymore because they keep banning me. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, that that's one way to, to advertise. <laughs> so. There's no way I could top that. <laughs> I think Jimmy could top that with some other things that he that he's done. That's I haven't right. done I, that. Yeah, you want to? Do you have any other examples that you want to? I once uh, this is a few years back. There's not for unrivaled, but uh, I went to a Trump rally actually. Oh yeah. With a sign that said uh, "Like my band on Facebook sends emotion." <laughs> I fucking went there, started promoting the shit there. But what also was funny though is that apparently I saw a camera crew there interviewing mm-hmm. someone else. Right. So I was like whatever, I'll just fucking get the sign show it behind the camera and see what happens with that turns out after that i was done with the rally and fucking bailed i get a bunch of messages on since the page and yeah. saying yeah man way to approach your band i was like what the hell are you talking about i found out three days later i, I was on infowars as one of like one of the videos <laughs> like alex, jo- alex jones and shit <laughs> so we got like a bunch of these guys like connecting with the song like the song we just released that oh super love trump <laughs> <laughs> so yes 
Jimmy's very apolitical, band-oriented marketing campaign <laughs> has no limits. Apparently. I'll promote it anywhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if there's a crowd. If there's a crowd. I think, <laughs> I, like I said, I don't think I've done anything as crazy as that, but I just think back on one of the crazier shows that we did in Columbus, yeah. Ohio. The <laughs> I don't know about. <laughs> we, we played a, a basement show, a house show, at yep. a place that was dubbed The Shadow Zone. So, yeah. And it was just like a crazy basement house dressed up with like demonic garb and there was a cage downstairs that we played in. It That's was, right. The, the stage was caged in actually, which is wild to me. Yep. <laughs> hmm. And how did that go with, it, it, with, with being caged in? <laughs> yeah. So, so there was this other band that was supposed to play before us or after us or whatever. And they pulled up about the same time that we did. Yeah. Literally yeah. looked at the house and they were like, nah. And they left. No, not doing this. <laughs> they just oh, bailed. No. <laughs> That's kind of funny. I, I think oh, two. Hilarious. I think two bands dropped off that show. It was like it was really just like us playing, and then an acoustic guy, and then the guy running the house did yeah. a solo sh- set, and then it was us. <laughs> <laughs> yep. No, that That's was a fun memorable. show. Though. That was awesome. It was a good crowd too. I mean, yeah. it sounds like really interesting. It sounds like it definitely sounds like something I would show up to. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. Um, you know, music isn't for the faint of heart. It takes blood, sweat, and tears, countless hours. You know, what was that life-defining moment for you guys that made you realize that music is what you wanted to do? I was at a show. Uh, I think it was back in 2013. I was like a junior in high school. Yeah. And the show was, uh, the lineup was In Flames, Demon Hunter, All Shot Parish, and Battlecross. Nice. It's my first metal show I've been to. Yeah. And my buddy took me out there and we went to the, went to the venue, whatever. It was at Madison Theater. And um, the first band that was on there was Battlecross. I've never heard of these guys at all. They're like a small band up in Detroit at the time. And like, they just had so much energy playing the songs. They had so much passion playing that I just like instantly fell in love. I was like, I want to do this. I don't care at what level I'm doing it at. I just want to play shows for people. And that was like the defining moment. was like, I. You know, fuck school, fuck anything else going on in my life. I just want to do music at this moment. So, yeah. like, I took guitar seriously um, and just did whatever did I could to basically play. And right. I actually played bass for a while before guitar, just, just so I can be on stage, just so I can play and write music. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, so for me, I don't think there was, like, a moment, but I was raised on a lot of, like, 80s rock and 80s metal and just rock and roll in general and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, because of my dad, he was into all that kind of stuff. So I was just kind of born in and around that environment. And I just, I just kind of always assumed like, this is something that I'm going to do. Like, this is something I'm going to be a part of, like, wherever it goes. I started playing guitar when I was in third grade and yeah. drums two years later, actually. Um, and it's just like, all right, well, this is what I do now. This is what I'm going to pursue in some kind of way, um, no matter what just it was kind of baked into the cake the whole time (laughs) yeah nice do you guys remember the first song you ever learned how to play mine was uh hypnotized by system of a down Ooh, nice yep i I fucking love that song to this day because of that actually i only learned how to play because uh the first time i tried to restring a guitar back in my i think i was a sophomore in high school Mm -hmm. i broke the high e string so i had to find a song that didn't use like the high e (laughs) So I found like hypnotized. So I was like, I'll play this till I'm dead, I guess. <laughs> yeah. 
but yeah, I just like that was like the first song. Like I learned a lot of System actually because I was a huge System of a Down fan. Yeah. I basically wanted to be Darren from System of a Down for like two years. Nice, nice. That's funny. <laughs> Thinking back, like on the guitar, I started playing the guitar and taking lessons through my music teacher at school, mm-hmm. and we went through those old music books and things like that. So, my first guitar song was probably like will the circle be unbroken or something like that (laughs) this is one of those like classic first songs that you learn to play but um in terms of drums i got i I wanted to get into drums but drums are obviously very expensive and big and loud and your family doesn't want to commit to having that in their house unless they're (laughs) sure that you're gonna use it so my dad had a friend from high school that played the drums and he took me over to his house Mm -hmm. um one day just to play around he could teach me a couple things to see if i liked it and when um, he started teaching me stuff. He was like, all right, so hit the hi-hat four times, whatever. Now add the bass and the snare. And he just taught me like the most simple drum riff. And then he turned on like ACDC back in black in the background. <laughs> and I was like, shoot, all right, I'm playing a song now. That, that's, that was that easy. <laughs> all right. So that was nice. probably the first drum song that I learned how to play. Um, and my mom ended up, she ended up picking me up because I was in fifth grade at the time. Obviously, yeah. cannot legally drive. <laughs> But he was like, are you sure he's never played drums before? And she's like, yeah, it's the first time. He's like, well, he picks, picks it up pretty quick. I was like, oh, thank you. Afraid me was flattered. <laughs> you know, I can see it. I can see it. What is one band or song that you guys can always throw on, no matter what mood you're in? Oh, um, there's a lot of bands that can actually fall under this category. But I think the biggest one at the moment, at least, is we, uh, Alexis on Fire. Just because yeah. of how, like, the range of, like, how, what they can play. Either right. something super heavy or, like, even, like, some of the softest songs. Like, they just have a song for any mood, really. I've been really, like, taking a liking to those guys recently. Yeah. This is a good band. Very good. Nice. I think mine, uh, it's not, like, rock or metal or anything like that, but I can listen to Young the Giant any day of the week, any album, any song. I think their output is the most, like, flawless I can listen to any song any day of the week and, and never be disappointed. Um, nice. So Young the Giant is fantastic. The singer is just sublime. And he, he's exactly the same live, which blows me away. Um, but that, <laughs> and I think Linkin Park is probably up there also. Huge yeah. Park fan. Yeah, I agree with you there. You know, it's to my understanding that you guys have opened up for bands like the Red Jumpsuit Apparatus, I Set to Kill. What other bands would you guys like to open up for and share the stage with? Mm. well my chemical romance got back together that'd be cool <laughs> yeah <laughs> might be a, yes. a while away but i mean that'd be cool to open up for them but yeah i mean like I, there's a lot of bands i'd love to open up for yeah. just because like growing up like i just listened to a lot of music like rise against be awesome uh Avenged sevenfold me and austin both love those guys yeah yep. those those kind of bands like any really rock rockish band i'm all down for opening up for mm-hmm. <laughs> i feel the same yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't seem like System of a Down is going to be getting together and touring anytime soon, unfortunately. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that would be the goal, but Avenged Sevenfold obviously would be awesome. Um, even right. to be like three or four acts before them, like before there's even <laughs> anybody in the audience. That, that would be totally dope. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, Volbeat had a really great show too, actually. I think it'd be fun to open up for Volbeat and they have this. Volbeat would be cool like uh major chord high energy kind of music yeah so i think that'd be a pretty good fit hell yeah 
I agree. Would be one hell of a show. Please stop in Atlanta. <laughs> I will show up. <laughs> I would love to. It'd be awesome. We'll you mark got- it down for 2021. <laughs> Do it. I'm so there. I'm so there. <laughs> uh, if you guys had to choose between, you know, losing the ability to play music or the ability to hear music, which one would you choose? I would lose the ability to play, I think, first, just because I love what other people can create. Right. So, like, I don't want to lose out, miss out on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. It would suck, um, obviously, mm-hmm. but it, it would suck way more to not be able to put, like, lo-fi hip-hop on in the background. <laughs> while I'm doing something. Yeah, right. That would would be really unfortunate. It would. Yep. Yeah, I I don't think that I could lose the ability to hear because it's too important. And I'm sure it's- Exactly, yeah. Yeah, it's it's important for everybody. I mean, music is all around us all the time. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What is some advice you guys would pass down to other upcoming bands that you wish somebody told you? Um, I would say don't be afraid to fail almost. Just like take the chance no matter what. Just because everything you do is going to be a growing experience. Everything you write is going to have an effect on your development one way or another. So don't be afraid to put anything out there. Don't be afraid to take the show. Just like don't be afraid to like be yourself on stage essentially. Right. Because like no matter what, you're going to, you're going to suck to begin with no matter what. That's basically what it boils down to. Right. But you got to start sucking be- before you start being good at something. Don't take that out of the context. But, um, but that's basically what I pass on to myself. Like, don't be afraid of basically your ability of anything like that. Yeah, I, I really like that. Yeah, that's great advice. I-, I think I have two things. One is drummer specific, and that is use a metronome when you're yeah. drumming. Period. <laughs> like, nine times out of ten using a metronome will be transformative when you're yes. practicing as a band. <laughs> like I didn't used to use one. And then one day Jimmy was just like, have you ever decided, like, have you ever tried using a metronome? And I was like, yeah, I might as well give it a shot. Mm-hmm. And uh, I threw it on and I was immediately like, I've been playing these songs way too fast. <laughs> Jimmy hasn't been able to play the correct way because he can't keep up with the, yeah. like the BPM. And it was literally a transformative moment for the band. Everything yes. started sounded sounding immensely better after I started using a metronome and after using one for a while you can like take it off and you won't need it as much because you're used to maintaining a proper rhythm but Mm -hmm. I think most drummers like some some people are like I'm not using a metronome I'm a real drummer and it's like (laughs) you got to get over yourself and you probably need it (laughs) you know yeah definitely I I would say like definitely that and the other thing that that just kind of is goes for most musicians in general is just learn to embrace a constructive criticism and feedback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, that's, that's what's going to make the biggest difference. That's what's going to help you grow as a musician is like, not just like writing off people that don't necessarily vibe with your kind of stuff, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, as we're coming to a close to our discussion here, do you guys want to take a second and plug your social media for our listeners? You know, um, let them know where they can listen to Quarter Life Crisis. Yeah, sure thing. <laughs> yeah, you can find most of our links on a uh, uh, link link tree, essentially link tree slash Unrivaled Sound. But um, yeah, you can find us on Spotify, Bandcamp, basically anywhere music is streamed, you'll be able to find Quarter Life Crisis. And be sure to like us on Facebook. Uh, just to keep updated because we're going to be updating our page more with studio updates. 
and what we'll be doing. Like we'll be going to the studio in early April to track drums for the next album or EP, excuse me. And just like, uh, what else? We got YouTube pages and all that. And you find merch on Bandcamp. You actually get a physical CD and a T-shirt on Bandcamp if you if you're still into that. Look out for the Unrivaled that has uh, like a capital U and a capital D because that is not us. That is a different one. (laughs) Avoid the false Unrivaled. (laughs) (laughs) We're the one that's only the U is capitalized. Yes. We're a one U band. Yep. (laughs) Well, guys, I really appreciated you guys coming on the show and speaking with me. I enjoyed learning more about your band and what makes Unrivaled unique. Thanks for having us. We uh, really enjoyed being on here. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah this was a lot of fun. Greatly awesome. appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Awesome. And thanks to those who tuned in to yet another episode of Backstage with the Sound Chick. Please don't forget that an episode drops every Wednesday, so make sure to come back next week for a new band and more music updates. Also, please make sure to go and check out Unrivaled's music. My favorite track of theirs is Doppelganger. But the entire project of Quarter Life Crisis is a total banger and worthy of your listen. And also be on the lookout for their music dropping this coming fall. Remember, their social media platforms only have the U and Unrivaled capitalized, so make sure you're following the correct band here. If you enjoyed this broadcast and you want more music updates, you can follow my social media at Real Sound Chick on Twitter or Instagram, or go to my website at www.thesound-chick.com. Again, that's Real Sound Chick on Instagram or Twitter, or follow my website at www.thesound-chick.com. I appreciate y'all. And as always, rock on, my dudes. The views. Thoughts and opinions expressed by the interview subject belong solely to themselves and not necessarily the sound chick or its sponsors. We thank you for tuning in and look forward to seeing you on the next broadcast.